1: to hear yeah. say <laughs> yeah 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 trivia question for the night who remembers the movie from that song yeah 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 give us a buzz 888 if you know the answer to that trivia question for t- tonight's andrea Cash, or any other topics that you want to weigh in on uh, have you been watching the olympics i don't know very many people that have according to, to the results that are in so we're gonna spend about five seconds on that because there is there are some interesting stories that are coming out of the olympics not necessarily the sporting events themselves um Of course, uh, speaking of sports, that is the cancel culture. We've got some breaking news to get into with that in regards to um Joe Rogan. And it, did y'all know it's Black History Month? Stacey Abrams just, uh, you know, she's got to tell you all about it every time chance uh, she, she gets, and particularly when she gets busted uh, like she was at a school. So much to get into. At First time on the Andrea Kay Show tonight. We've got Paris Denard, who's going to be here to talk about the real history of the Democrat Party for Black History Month. And if you've I'm sure you've seen Paris Denard, he's all over a, a lot of mainstream media. He is the Republican Party National Spokesman and Director for Black Media Affairs. And he was actually, uh, I think, the you know, former White House Fellowship Commissioner, whatever that title, big fancy title under President Trump. So uh, guys got connections. And if you've seen any interviews with Paris Denard, you know that he's incredibly articulate and, and actually they can't cancel him as much as they would like to cancel every black conservative that they can. You know who else won't be canceled? My man. It's DJ Potato Skins.
0: Unanimous potato. That's the rare unanimous potato. DJ potato skins. DJ potato skins.
2: I've eaten enough potato skins and uh and and fried yumminess, Andrea. I'm uncancelable. Yeah. Can do it.
1: <laughs> Um, okay, so a um, uh, couple couple minutes on the Olympics. Yeah, the view, viewership is down. It's like- Way no, down. Way down. Um, and uh, I think the only thing that got any views this weekend was people Googling the figure skater girl from Southern California who renounced her citizenship to go over and be a figure skater who um, crashed and burned so bad. Uh, the first event, I think, was team. I don't remember. It's been so long since I watched any Olympics. I didn't remember team versions of figure skating I, I always either. thought it was you know male female right I don't think I don't think I've watched Female ice skating since Michelle Kwan days. Anyway, um, so there was there's a team version of it now. Well, evidently, uh, Miss SoCal, aka Miss um, China, now seems as though she decided to not just to compete in figure skating, but she wanted to be, you know, how we have a Miss America. She was trying to be, you know, Miss China. Well, she crashed and burned so bad, f- falling repeatedly and sliding into the. <laughs> Into the, I'm so ashamed of myself right now. Into the the judges' platform where the judges sit. That I mean, it I think 200 million views of her crashing and burning. And let me tell you, I don't take glee in any young person's international humiliation. Okay. But this was gross humiliation. The, and and she knocked China out of being able to uh, compete for a medal. And that's when I thought, oh man, um, this girl needs to be careful, right? Because a lot of Chinese nationals were coming for her cr- 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 um critical of China, saying that she only got the position. She was only allowed to compete on the Chinese team because she had been an American who renounced her citizenship. So I was feeling really bad for a poor girl when she then competed again for the second time and left the ice crying because she fell three or four times. Practice, She was like Bambi on ice. She could practically not even stand up straight. And she's crying leaving. And she said she apologized to dear leader, to the dear leader. And I'm thinking, you know, has anybody seen her since? Everybody's talking about whether or not the tennis player over there who had accused somebody in leadership of sexual abuse and or, or sexual assault, and they're not sure if she's actually still alive. I'm wondering about this young American girl. She's probably compost by now. You know, how dumb, how dumb can must you be as an American to renounce your citizenship to the Chinese Communist Party and then... I mean talk about risk her life. I mean am I am I, I I don't know. I mean she's so high profile Chinese you know party probably wouldn't do anything but she's a Chinese citizen now. So who knows what they're going to do to this girl. Anyway, um I I uh, It's just astounding to me. Initially, I kind of felt bad for some of these young athletes because they kind of like the ones that have to compete against young girls have to compete against biological males. They dedicate 20 years of their lives uh, to fulfill a dream. And, you know, uh, are they going to like not go and compete after 20 years? Um, You know, so I could kind of give a little bit of a pass to like the, you know, 15 year old, 17. But some of these Olympian athletes are upwards of 30 years old. It's like, come on, you've been competing on the world, you know, in all these world championships, get over yourself, right? Stand up for something. Speaking of standing up for something, I think it was the only person that did not pat Spotify on the back.
2: I can't remember of anybody else that did.
1: Right? I was the one that I I was, I think it was the only one that was critical of both Joe Rogan when he apologized to Spotify and I was critical to Spotify. Everybody was like, oh, yay, Spotify, salute their free speech. No, because what they did initially... When, um, all this, uh, when Neil Young and others were threatening to take Joe Rogan off. Um, what I didn't like was Joe Rogan did apologize. You didn't see it quite as an apology. I saw it as submission. I saw it as capitulation. He apologized to Spotify. And what does, what was Spotify's response? They doubled down on investing a hundred million dollars in content controls, which is not a free speech platform. Then on top of it, they turned right around and removed over a hundred of his episodes off of their platform. Now, at the time I was critical when the story first broke and everybody was like, oh, Spotify stands by Joe Rogan. I was like, that's not standing by Joe Rogan. When basically you accuse him of um, being controversial, you attack him. What they did in in supposedly supporting him was criticize him for being a far left conspiratorial kook, but saying we're going to allow him to stay on our platform. That to me is not being free speech. Right. Um, And then he apologized to Spotify and um, what was Spotify's response? So I was the only one that was critical of both of them. Right. And, And I think I was prescient because I said then Joe Rogan, the only thing you needed to say at that point was I did nothing wrong by bringing those guests on. Oh, and I went into detail because he laid out all the ways in which what had been originally misinformation was now fact. And he actually pointed out that those were the only two doctors that had been right all along about those facts. But he went on to say he wasn't sure if they were, you know, if they were right. It was it was ridiculous. It was stupid. And it didn't save him in any way because guess what the left did over the weekend? You never apologize. How many times do we have to say you never apologize to the mob? Did that apology get him anywhere?
2: No, because that's not what they were looking for to begin with anyway.
1: No, no, because once you apologize, they've got you. The only thing you can do is to ignore it and move on. Ignore it and move on. Because then what they did when they saw his weakness, any sign of weakness, right, to a bully, and that's when they're going to go in for the kill. Right? What do you think sharks do? What do you, these great whites? They come up and they take a bite out of a surfer, right? And they take a chomp. Is it tasty? Is he going to fight back? What do we got going on here? Punch him in the eyeballs and they move on, right? So what did they do this weekend? Interesting developments for sure. Yeah, what did they do? They they dug around and dug around until they found that Joe Rogan had used the N-word in in different ways in the past. Joe Rogan comes out again and apologizes and said it was used not in context. The way that uh, the clips were not showing context. And then he goes on to say that there's no context in which a white person can use that word. And now Spotify had sent out an email to its employees. Um, apologizing to them for the way that the Joe Rogan experience podcast has affected their lives. How in the world has this affected any employee's life? Their, 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 their pay, paychecks cashing, that direct deposit going through. So what the employees at Spotify have to like the content. Of every creator on there. So then the dude doubles down from Spotify and says he's going to invest another $100 this time not just in content controls, but now he's going to invest in the uh, suppressed, the marginalized content creators out there. Michael Knowles said it best today. Who's the most marginalized from content creators out there today? It's conservatives. This was about, this entire thing was about marginalizing Joe Rogan. And now he's been marginalized even more. Rumble came out today and said, "Look, dude, we'll give you. We got a hundred million reasons why you should leave Spotify and come to Rumble. We'll offer you a hundred million dollars and we'll put no restrictions on you. I don't know. I don't know what Joe Rogan's contract is with Spotify, whether or not he can tell them adios. But I if would. I
2: were him, I'd seriously consider. ASAT oh, I would saying Bye, Spotify in a
1: second. In a second, Joe Rogan, what are you going to do? You know, you, you act like a man." Act like a man. Stop the getting on your knees in a turtleneck in some dark lit room, crawling on your knees to beg forgiveness. All you've done is take Whoopi off of the trending, right? Who's talking about Whoopi today after she spit in the face of the entire Jewish population of the world? Nobody's talking about Whoopi today. Thank you, Joe Rogan, for the apology. If I had been him, I would, have been, I would have said, no, don't be trying to use me as a way to take attention away from Whoopi. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going we're to shift gears a little bit. We're going to go down south. We're going to get away from Joe Rogan. He's annoyed me. We're going to go down, uh, talk a little Stacey Abrams. We're going to go across the country, visit some of the, how the Democrats are running their cities. Talk a little black history with Paris Denard. Stay tuned.
0: the andrea k show strictly adhering to and preserving our first amendment follow andrea on ourfreenation.org just search andrea k Kay, spelled K A Y E. A K, a.k dynamite in a dress or just andrea k whatever you call her she's on the answer san diego
1: welcome back to tonight's andrea k show did y'all know it was black history month I'm sure you did because uh, Stacey Abrams is using it as cover every time she makes a dumb move. Here to discuss Black History Month and all the dumb moves in regards to the Democrats and how their history with African-Americans has left our our cities riddled with crime and poverty and despair. Uh, to discuss tonight is Paris Denard. He's the GOP National Spokesman and Director of Black Media Affairs. And before uh, at the open of the show, I told you, I'm sure y'all have seen Paris all over different areas of media, and I'm sure that they would love to sign silence him like they're trying to silence Joe Rogan uh, because he is an African-American conservative and very powerful voice, and I'm honored to have him with me tonight. Hi, Paris. Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. Thank you for having me. Okay, so um, before we get into some of the stats in terms of uh, the Democrats' rule and what's happening in, in our cities, I'd like you to weigh in on what has just become a hot story today, which is Stacey Abrams. Uh, who's down in, in Georgia visiting a school and posted, actually had the gall, Paris, to post a, to to tweet a picture of herself in front of a classroom full of kids, her without a mask, the kids, in masks. And when that became controversial, her response was, it's shameful that our opponents are using a Black History Month reading event for Georgian children as the impetus for a false political attack. It's uh, pitiful and predictable that our opponents, I think what's um, predictable and pitiful is the way the Democrat Party continues to exploit their African American base. Don't you?
3: Well, sure. Look, I think that uh, Stacey Abrams' hypocrisy has nothing to do with the fact that it was Black History Month or nothing to do with the fact that she was choosing to read to children. I think when you look at the fact that the children were in school, it's a good thing because so many Democrat policies have put children uh, out of school uh, and kept kept them behind monitors and not in person classrooms five days a week like they should be. Uh, so, you know, I think children being in school is a good thing. But I do have a problem with the hypocrisy of the left and the hypocrisy of people like Stacey Abrams, uh, who say it's demand and put mandates on children to be in masks while they parade around for photo ops without masks uh, on. It sends the wrong signal to parents. It sends the wrong signal to children. It's confusing and it's wrong. And it, but like she's not the only person that does that. There's a whole, whole list of uh, liberals who have been uh, saying that what is good for me uh, is not good for thee and it's wrong and the American people see it. And that's the thing that their liberal hypocrisy doesn't allow them to see is was, is that the American people are growing tired of all of these rules and regulations that is only being applied to them, only being applied for the working poor, only be applied for those who are minorities. Uh, and I say that with knowing exactly how that may seem that your listeners might say, well, Paris, are you saying that these mandates are discriminatory? And I would say, yes, I'm saying these mandates are mm-hmm. discriminatory because they have a disproportionate impact on people of color, especially black Americans and black children. And so I think that the American people are waking up and are tired of not only liberal hypocrisy, but then using the race card and dealing it from the bottom of the deck to justify their, their actions.
1: Absolutely. And these mandates are discriminatory and and racist in nature. Um, When you look at uh, the the three largest cities, all Democrat run, roughly 50 percent of black residents are already banned from going to restaurants, bars and movie theaters because of the vaxes uh, mandates in Chicago. Forty nine percent of black residents are basically banned in New York City. Forty six percent in L.A. Forty eight percent. We all saw. Was that a museum? I think it was in New York City, where this eight-year-old black girl was escorted out by police officers. How did that not? How did that not invoke the same images of Alabama back in the day?
3: Well, the thing about it is that it does, it, and, and a lot of these discriminatory mandates uh, make people pause and think, uh, especially those people of color like myself, about times before when, mm-hmm. when we were banned from, from uh, public accommodations and things of that nature. And so the difference now is that the liberal media is, is in, in cahoots with the Democrat party, uh, pushing false narratives and b- refusing to hold these politicians and these major political organizations like the DNC accountable for their actions. And so we're left with a false narrative, confused parents and discriminata- discriminatory policies that go unchecked because the Democrats control the House, the Senate and the White House and the media. And so it is our I believe it is our quest, our challenge, our our call as Republicans, conservatives. And I believe it's a lot more than that. I believe there's a lot of independent minded Mm -hmm. Americans and even Democrats who are looking and saying, I don't recognize this Democrat Party. They're too liberal, they're too progressive, they're too in my business, in my children's lives and trying to control and have a power grab and, and, and have mandates that dictate what I do, where I go, how I think. And it's wrong. And I think a lot of Americans are waking up to it and are going to say enough is enough come November.
1: Well, yeah. And 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 I can't imagine I, I would there's commercials I hear run all the time here in San Diego County uh, trying to, you know, coerce and push, you know, um, African-Americans and, and other minority groups here in, in San Diego County to try to because they're probably the largest group that hasn't hasn't gotten the shots out here in California. And it's just so astounding to me, the effort to bully and to and, and to pressure people to 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 get injected with something that they don't want to. I, I don't understand. There should be more. If the Democrats really cared about, uh, about the African American community, they would all be up in arms at the way black Americans are being treated over these shots and be, them being denied. Nobody should be denied their medical freedom in this country. Um, but it, you know, when you see the left exploit Black History Month um, for things like uh, j- continuing to push out the false narrative that all Republicans are trying to deny them their right to vote. We're all a bunch of January 6th insurrectionists right that's what's going on at these different states with the election integrity and therefore you know they've got to centralize all of our elections or you know these um evil republicans are you know trying to to, to steal and and deny african americans the right to vote it's so cynical and it's such uh, it's such despicable lies isn't it
3: well, it really is. You know, our chairwoman, Rhonda McDaniel, she just wrote an op-ed exclusive to the Baltimore Times. is a black newspaper for Black History Month. And in it, she says, your party affiliation and color of your skin should not determine whether you support the black community. And she lifts off some black Republicans like Senator Tim Scott and Byron Donalds and, and uh, others uh, saying that they, their commitment to the black community shouldn't be questioned just because they happen to be Republican. And that's what we see that's happening uh, these Democrats are uh, and the liberal media are trying to make it seem as if black republicans specifically don't have a connection to their community and they're, and they're trying to make sure that that people think that because republicans are trying to push something called election integrity trying to protect the vote and, and try to prevent illegal uh, illegal immigrants and non-citizens from actually voting our elections uh, especially how that hurts those people who fought bled, and died to have the right to vote, uh, uh, and a lot of them are are looking at this situation, saying, why does our country put more emphasis and authorities and in power given to and the resources to non-citizens, trying to empower them and ignoring us? This whole issue of voting rights is a, is, a, is is shameful about how the Democrats are trying to politicize it and lie mm-hmm. to the American people and lie to minorities about. What is, what is in these laws and what we're trying to do and try to protect. And so as a black man in America who's telling me from Georgia, I resent it. I think it's wrong and we have to, to call it out and, and tell the truth mm-hmm. about what the Democrats are lying about in terms of these voting laws, especially this month.
1: Well, one of the reasons why they w- they have to centralize, we're talking to Paris Denard as the GOP national spokesman and the director of Black Media Affairs about Black History Month and more. One of the reasons why they've got to try to centralize uh, the, the votes and try to control it is because they are peeling off. They're losing the African-American vote and it started actually back in, I think, 2014 after Barack Obama. Their lives were no better after that African-American uh, man had been in office uh, for years at that point and and then, worse, they saw the open border. They saw the influx of all these so-called unaccompanied minors. Meanwhile, they were struggling to, to, to get jobs and lift their families up out of poverty. And they knew that, that 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 was their competition for jobs coming in, right? And then, so they started, you know, peeling off and started voting Republican. And then, you know, eventually, here comes Donald Trump, who ended up with the uh, the lowest unemployment for Black Americans and other minorities in this country. And uh, now we see. Uh, So they saw, you know, uh, they saw some economic light at the end of the tunnel that was brought to them by by somebody other than the Democrat Party. And I think now it's not just and now we're going back to to a border crisis worse than what happened under the Obama administration. And now on top of it, we've got black Americans suffering, suffering with the crime wave happening across our country. Uh, Let's talk about what no bail, gun control and defund the police has done to the African-American community community, Paris Denard.
3: Well, look, it comes down to liberal policies that aren't working for any Americans, especially Black Americans. These liberal policies, like you just named off, and we'll just talk about the funding of the police as one example, have left Black Americans and communities of color Uh, sitting ducks to violence, crime, and murder all across this country when you look at how this defunding the police policy implementation has ravaged these communities. But it goes back before defunding of the police when you look at how the Democrats sat quietly and the media condoned a lot of this violence and and, and this pillaging of property and destruction of Black small businesses during the Black Lives Matter Uh, 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 riots and and things that happened. There were some peaceful protests, and I think that they're fine to peacefully assemble and protest. President Trump said at the time that it was fine to do so, but there was no sincere effort on the part of liberals and Democrats in control of these cities to squash the violence and the and the the destruction of property by having public safety at the forefront. And so that allowed for these things to happen. And you remember Kamala Harris's campaign bailed out some mm-hmm. of these, uh, these activists. And then you fast forward to today where the community the communities are suffering. And it's not just from the rise in crime, but it's also because the 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 rise in, in gas prices and yes. inflation. Food inflation and and the and the, the drug over our open border. Now, when you see black men, the leading cause of death is drug overdoses right now. And then for all for for, for young Americans of all nationalities, eighteen or forty five, you know, drugs but overdose, fentanyl is is the leading cause of death. And so we we have all of these crises on top of crises on top of crises mm-hmm. that have been created by the Biden Harris administration and they're all coming together and they're disproportionately impacting the black community in a negative basis. And it's going to lead to more and more saying, you know what? These liberal policies aren't working. When you talk about the quality of our children's schools, when you talk about the safety of our communities, when you look at the health of our families, COVID is still out of control and getting worse under the Biden-Harris administration. And so they're looking for a plan, they're looking for solutions, and they're not finding it with Democrats, they're not finding it with Democrats at the congressional level, at the Senate level, at the presidential level, at the gubernatorial level, and at the mayoral level. They're going to look towards Republicans for solutions and yeah. answers because they saw it work. With President Trump and they're seeing it work with Republican governors today.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things that I've been, I've been uh, encouraging is to not just have us sit and yammer and me complain or whatever and point the finger, but to get active. Here in San Diego County, we have over 230 local pol- positions where Democrats are running unopposed, Paris Donard. And that just breaks my heart because we can't turn things around. We can't, we can't make lives better for those, whatever community they're from. If we're just handing our, our communities and our, and our cities and our states over to the Democrats, we've got to get involved and start running for office one of the things we need to have learned uh from covid and and even with the crime wave and some of this is is that the city level has so much impact on our lives. You've got these crazy mayors across the country, right, which is part of the reason why we've got Crime Wave, where they're not prosecuting, like here in California, they're not prosecuting anybody who steals under a $1,000 worth of stuff. So many of the mandates that are happening, destroying lives and children, is happening at the local level. So I've been trying to encourage people to run for office as Republicans. Um, you know, the the left, are they're active all day, every day. And we've got to be running for school boards, city council, county supervisors, mayor, anywhere Anywhere you can run for office, please do so. Um, Wrap us up, Paris Denard, 30 seconds on um, Black History Month.
3: Well, before that, our chairman, Ron McDaniel, always talks about the importance of having Republicans run for every election as an open spot. So I agree with you 100 percent. And the RNC stands by that. When it comes to Black History Month, the RNC is focused on uh, this year high, highlighting Black Americans who happen to be Republican that have been elected officials that the media has ignored. We're highlighting them on our social media pages. We're highlighting them in Black newspapers and advertisements, and we're highlighting them in an ad campaign on the Black News Channel because we want the world to know that there are Black Republicans who are leading this nation, who are, who are trailblazers and deserve to be highlighted in Black History Month because they are also making history and impacting and changing and empowering lives.
1: Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, I love Black News Channel, by the way. Um, Kelly Wright is one of my favorites. They asked me to come on today and I, I had to take my baby boy Gator to the vet so I wasn't able to go on. So hopefully I'll be back on there soon and hopefully you'll be back with me sometime soon. Paris Denard, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned. We got more to talk about some breaking news coming up with the truckers up in Canada. Talk about a movement of a variety of different people across the political spectrum. And there's some really ugly stuff happening up there. So come on back.
0: Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea Kay Show, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Listen, Friday night we we announced a new little special thing for y'all here. Way for you can get involved in the show. If you want to call in live, y'all know you can. But you did y'all know that you could also call in 24 hours a day? We got the new AK comment line, the AK hotline. That's right. You can call and leave us a message. Keep it rated G. Right. Tell us uh, any comments you've got, any ideas that you've got for the show, just anything on your mind. Because and, and one of the reasons why this is such a great thing to do is because I can't tell you how many times the phone will ringy dingy in the booth and people will, will tell skins that they've got something they want to say to me, but they don't want to go live on air because they're scared to go on air. So now there's an actual phone for you. You can leave a voicemail, leave a message, give me, tell me whatever's on your mind. Because uh, Skins can't sit here 24 hours a day taking your calls, okay? As Conve- much as I'd
2: like to. Can't do it.
1: <laughs> Dude's got a life outside of here now. So write this number down, 844-814-5227. That's 844-814-5227. That's 844-814-KCBQ, okay? And that's know what's on your mind. That's Yeah, that's the AK... Line so give it give us a buzz and let us know. Um, also, speaking of twenty four hours a day, if you're not if you don't get the can't listen live, uh, you can also get my podcast. I'm on Spreaker or any of the other places wherever you get your your podcast. And also, if you like what Skins and I are doing here. Uh, feel free to, you know, chip us a, you know, throw us a five dollar latte our way if you like what we're doing. We, you know, we we we're we have a we suffer our own cancel culture here as they go after sponsors of the show here at 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 Salem and and on my Andrea K show. So if you like what we're doing, go to andrekeshow dot com and hit the donate button. Although um who knows going down the road what's gonna happen. A lot of people, you know, Michelle Malkin. Um, I'm on uh, tipping point on one American news tonight on, on an episode with her. It starts at seven and she's been banned from Airbnb because they didn't like a speech that she gave uh, PayPal and other places are shutting people down, shutting people's accounts down. Mike Lindell. Think about how much money Mike Lindell would have parked at a bank. And yet his bank had come to him and shut him down because they didn't like some of what he was doing. Um, was there something you wanted to add there? Yeah, uh,
2: you were mentioning PayPal there just a second ago, and I'll have to get more details on it for you. Just heard today across, of course, the Salem Radio Networks on Sebastian Gorka's show about Dr. Sebastian Gorka, uh, that there is a new company that was started. It's Patriot with a Y, Patriot.us. They do pretty much... Things that PayPal does. So if you're canceled because of having conservative values, maybe check out Patriot.us. We'll have more information here in the days to come.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we've got we've got to find these conservative outlets. Look at what GoFundMe did. Nine million dollars was raised on GoFundMe for the truckers right? And then GoFundMe over the weekend said, you know what? We've decided we only, we're we only allowing to raise money for peaceful protest. And what we see going on with these truckers is violent. These, You know what these truckers were doing this weekend? They were all singing <laughs> the old sister sledge song, We Are Family, okay? Yeah, that's violent. <laughs> By the way, hat tip to America that all the truckers up there in Canada are singing an, an American classic. We are uh, Family, and where on the street is is when with they're me. done in Ottawa? Yeah, they're coming here. That, that's right. Um, so they've been they've been handing out food at like food banks. So this, so go the president or CEO whatever GoFundMe said, no, we're going to take this money and donate it to charities of our choice. Um, I don't know about internet. That's not legal. Um, uh, yeah, that's a little thing called stealing. Okay, so um, after locking down and shutting his Twitter account, uh, um, turning that private. He, uh, I guess gave the money back. Now everybody to, to people that have donated, I think they had already dispersed two million. So there was seven million they donated. They gave back to the people who donated. Now everybody's starting to give to give, send, go, slash, backslash, freedom convoy 2022. And I think so far that account has racked up five million dollars for the truckers. Which And the truckers are saying, we ain't going anywhere, right? We are not going anywhere until every mandate is lifted. And that's what has to happen. We've got to stop celebrating little pockets of victory across this country. No, lift it all. Right. Because Georgia is supposed to be a red state. I'm so sick of people. I I love some conservative hosts. But oh, move to a red state. There's not one truly red state because there's pockets of tyranny in every state. Yes, most of the state of Georgia, when I go there to visit family, I don't have to wear a mask. Anywhere, but then what was going on in that Stacey Abrams Georgia classroom? Every kid sitting there was in a mask. What did I tell you last week? Three hundred and sixty-four percent increase in speech impediments with children. This is destroying their little psyches. Um, somebody messaged me, emailed me. Uh, one of my listeners did, and I don't know what school it was, but the boy, a boy, was asked to do a self-portrait. You know, it's one of the things sometimes you know kids do in schools, right? And he drew a picture of his eyes. That made me cry when I got that email. That made me cry. We are completely dehumanizing an entire society, and they're using kids to do it. So, no, there is no—we need every mandate lifted. In fact— on, uh, I, I think it was last night. Maybe um, one of the one of the trucker or co organizer Brian Brace, I think is how you na- say his name, co organizer of Convoy to DC twenty twenty two. This was Thursday. Said that he believes the unjabbed Americans should be a protected class. No, we don't need protected class status. That's not the solution here. I like the ideas, thinking out of the box. Um, I, I think that. Po- po- your political beliefs in general should be a protected class, and, but not specifically the unjabbed. What we need is medical freedom. We need an anti-discrimination. We need, you, you're, you, and we've always had it, right? It's called informed consent, right? That's why if you see for many years, drugs could not be advertised on TV, right? Then when they started advertising drugs on TV, you had to be given informed consent, Right. And we've never had this kind of medical tyranny. I've never liked the force faxes on kids growing up. I don't think I've never liked that, that if you want to send your kid to school, you know, um, they've got to have, uh, you know, you know, certain, uh, certain, I have never been on board with that. I've never been on board with that ever. There should be 100% medical freedom in this country. We don't need to be, you know, trying to go the way of, try to get that passed. You well, know, there's
2: no. a lot of celebration now, Andrea, too. I'm seeing that the California mask mandate it looks like it's being lifted on the 15th. Does that mean we're free here in California? Far from it.
1: No. Let me read something from the CDC before we take a break. And then, then I'm going to give you a good idea coming out of a, a, a state house somewhere in the country um, that has to do with um, people not being Joe Rogan'd. The CDC. This is a tweet from the CDC. Maybe you can help me to understand it. You can translate okay. this for me because it's. I, I don't. I can't figure out what they're saying here. A new study found differences in COVID nineteen vaccination coverage by sexual orientation and vaccine confidence by sexual orientation and gender identity. Higher percentages of gay or or, or lesbian and bisexual adults compared with heterosexual adults and transgender or non binary adults compared with persons who do not identify as transgender or non-binary thought the vaccine was very or somewhat important to protect oneself. Understanding these differences can help inform efforts to increase vaccine coverage and health equity.
2: That is 1000% confusing.
1: I have no idea. what. That, I think what they're trying to say is that, um, there's a greater percentage of those from the XYZ community that like the shots than, um, heterosexual adults? No, because then they add in transgender or non-binary adults. I have no idea what they're trying to say here. This is, this has to do, uh, what What in the name of hashtag science does a shot got to do with somebody's sexual orientation? This is the extent to, to which they are just really using this As an excuse for power, this is if you didn't realize this was a cultural Marxist play, the government's response to this, you know, you should realize it now. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back more on the other side.
0: Bringing you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K.
1: Show. Connect
0: with the show at ourfreenation.org. Andrea K., the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Just loving all my peeps out there on Facebook. We're streaming live right now on The Answer. Oh, shh. (laughs) Facebook doesn't want me to be streaming live. They don't know how I'm doing it. And I don't care. <laughs> um, okay. Um, did you hear that uh, the bl- the founder of Black Lives Matter in Memphis got sentenced to six years for trying to illegally vote in 2019? Did you hear that? Skip?
2: I didn't, but that makes me smile.
1: Well, first of all, she the reason why it was illegal for her to try to vote was because she's a convicted felon. So let's talk about the Black Lives Matter founder of of Memphis being a convicted felon. <laughs> How apropos, right? <laughs> And what she was convicted of had to do with things like, you know, um, fraud and um, tampering with evidence, forgery, stuff like that. So, you know, she, you know, of course, you know, tried to forge some documents or whatever to try to fool the people to to get, you know, to be able to vote in 2019. But hey, have
2: no fear, because the Democrats get past their, their voting rights legislation to be able to vote again.
1: Well, well, not only that, but here's the real insurrection. One vote at a time. This is this is this is this is trying to steal an election by trying to steal somebody else's vote. She was trying to overturn a vote of somebody else who had the right to vote. In Memphis, right? Of course, the left is saying that this is just systemic racism, that it's just unacceptable that she should be sentenced to six years. First of all, she violated probation. Okay, she was a felon who got probation. She should have been glad about that. Instead, there's a sense of entitlement in this Black Lives Matter community that they get to burn down businesses, beat people over the head and, uh, you know, raise money and use it to buy houses. Remember, I'm old enough to remember the original founder of Black Lives Matter had to resign because she, you know uh bought, bought like $5 million worth of homes. Okay, so we were talking earlier about PayPal and GoFundMe and all the different ways in which people are being punished um, with their different accounts, right? And before long, it's going to be your bank. And this is something I've been talking about for a while. I was talking ESG scores before a lot of people in media were talking about it. And that is the and uh, how it's it's just like the social credit scores out of China and Standards and poor's, I think in Moody's as well started doing this we started ranking businesses it's not just about your your businesses. Uh, fiscal health anymore? About you know, how's your how's your you know cash to debt ratio and your receivables going on? Right, and you your credit L rating. off about
2: this. Is this something that can be stopped or is it too far, are we too far gone?
1: We're well, that's a, it's an interesting point. I you know that's the plan is for us to be to have these social credit scores be a part of our life. And if you don't have, if you're a business starting years you don't ago, do business. Well, yeah, right. Um, this is one reason why I remember when the baseball game got pushed. Out of Atlanta, it, all the corporate people were shocked at all the what people, all the, the sponsors. Like uh, I think it was Coke. I can't remember now. All the big corporate uh, airlines companies that pulled out of of. And I pulled out of the what was, what was it, the all star game, the all star game. game. And I said, well, I'm not surprised at all because they, they, you know, they have to because of their ESG scores. Right. Companies credit ratings now depend on it. It's, and, and it was going to this started years ago with businesses and it was going to make its way to Americans. And it's here. Well, you want to know a solution. The New Hampshire State House has introduced a bill to ban it.
2: I love that.
1: I know, right? Seven Republicans in the New Hampshire state legislature have introduced House Bill 1469 that would ban financial institutions from using ESG scores in a discriminatory manner. The bill states, all banks and other financial institutions doing business in the state of New Hampshire, either directly or through the, out, uh, the use of an outside contractor, shall not discriminate against nor advocate for or cause adverse treatment of any citizen or business in their business practices based on subjective or arbitrary standards, such as social media post, participation or membership in any clubs, associations or unions, political affiliation, employer or other social credit, environmental, social and governance, or similar values-based or impact criteria.
2: You know what we 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 talk about what the GOP can do what they you know strategy if to stand yeah. for something and and they gain control if they win the election, Andrea. They stop things like this. This
1: should be this should National. be put forth right now in every state run by Republicans. It should be passed as law. Um, this bill lays out, and I don't remember where I got this article from. Uh, The bill lays out clear penalties for any financial institution that breaks the law. So it's got to have teeth. You can't just have the laws. You got to have teeth on it, right? Any bank or credit union who violates subparagraph G1 or G2 shall for a first offense be subject to a $50,000 fine. Love it. Ouch. And for a second and each subsequent offense be subject to a $250,000 fine. If the bank or credit union has five or more offenses, criminal prosecution may be included along with the fines assessed under RSA 651 colon number two.
2: Andrea, that's how you get this nation back.
1: That's how you. Yeah, this is being proactive because right now we don't have banks denying you a loan, canceling your account, but it's coming. And this is how you get out ahead of it. This is the kind of strategy we need to see coming out of the Republican Party. Hey, thanks for being here tonight. Thanks to Paris Denard. 844-814-KCBQ. That's the AK comment line. See you tomorrow. Peace out.